Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit doordevil.com and enter best ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Nick Ruiz. Hi, Nick. Joe, how are you, man? Hey, doing well, and thanks for joining us. Excited to have you on the show and hear your personal story from having a whole lot in your portfolio to coming across adversity, mainly the apocalypse of 2008, and coming, coming out from that, rising up, and making things happen right now. A little bit about Nick before we get rocking. Prior to 2008, he was controlling uh, over 70 buildings. He's based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. His company's name is Alpha Home Flipping. 2008 happened. He's going to talk about that, um, lessons he learned. And then uh, he's come out of that, and now he's focused on uh, single-family homes. Specifically, he's wholesaling 8 to 10 places a year. He's rehabbing 8 to 10 places a year, and he owns four single-family homes free and clear in Milwaukee. So with that being said, Nick, can you give the best-ever listeners a little bit more detail on your background and what you're focused on now? Yes. Thank you, Joe. Beautiful intro. Thanks a lot. So he started when I was a teenager as an entrepreneur, even younger, but I won't go into all that. you know. So I'm making decent money as a teenager. I got involved in some marketing and network marketing businesses, learning sales, people skills, rapport building skills, et cetera. I knew that was going to be foundational for me as an entrepreneur. Okay, Always wanted to be an entrepreneur from day one. Don't like working for people. So I'm 19 years old, working at a job, regular job, making you know, 450 a week, nothing big, you know what I mean, getting by. And I'm like, I really got to put my stake in the ground in a major way. None of this nickel and dime money anymore, right? I see an infomercial, late night TV. It was like 1999 or 2000. No money down real estate investing. So I didn't have any money. So right away, that kind of lit me up like, okay, I know people have created wealth with real estate. I don't have any money. Let's do this. I put up my credit card, 250 bucks, order the booklets and DVDs and even like, I think VHS tapes back then. Devoured the material. And a couple of the strategies seemed a little far-fetched, so I kind of got discouraged right away. I had entrepreneur disease, and anyone who knows what that is, is um, and many of you listening may have it, where, oh, there's a little road bump or a roadblock. All right, let's set that aside. What's the next opportunity that's going to be easier? That's entrepreneur disease, and I had it back then. So after a few months, I kind of stumbling around like, wait a minute, I really got to do this real estate thing. I pulled the course back out, pick a couple strategies that I think would work. And the bottom line is I bought my first duplex, two units in one building, uh, with no money down. Fixed it up, rented it out, and I rented the property and made $500 a month cash flow. And that's not getting rich, but I was 20 years old and I was making $500 a month passively. That's pretty beautiful, you know, if you think about it. So I immediately borrow against that property to do it again because I was hyped up, ready to go. So I bought a second duplex. Now I'm making 1000 a month passively. That's pretty decent. I was 20 years old. I still had my full-time job income. 
but adding adding a thousand dollars a month was a great thing in my life. So I'm like, this real estate thing is for real. I could see myself doing this forever. You know, how do I grow bigger and bigger and bigger? So I ran out of borrowing ability. I was 20. Banks automatically, just with my age, weren't real cool with giving me too much more money. So that's I was a, at my. That's ageism, by the way. They should not do that. <laughs> they shouldn't. They definitely shouldn't. But from a banker's standpoint, oh, I, I know. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel where they're coming from. Oh but... yeah, experience matters. I <laughs> yes, hear you. <laughs> yeah. But so you know, it was, it, it was what it was. I was like, okay. Um, so I sold my first property to free up capital. I walked away with twenty two thousand dollars. Now, at my age, that's that was big money. Holy cow, twenty two thousand. The thousand a month was one thing, but handing someone handing me a check for twenty two thousand dollars, that was like that was unbelievable. So I immediately did that with the second property. Sold that um a year later, or less than a year, right around then, whatever, um, and walked away with thirty five thousand dollars. I was super, super hooked. Okay. Those are those were large figures to me at that point, And I was like, I gotta do this forever. Why would I work? You know, so the bottom line is um, over the next few years into my mid 20s, I bought over I had over 65 buildings that I owned, um, flipped properties. I started wholesaling like crazy. Someone turned me on to that. And I had close to a two million dollar net worth by the time I was in my mid 20s, 70,000 a month rental revenues, all kinds of stuff, employees, crews, the whole nine. And it was a serious operation. I was in my mid 20s. I was feeling good on top of the world, cocky, the whole nine. Right. Um, 2008, mortgage crisis, we all know what happened. And for those who don't, like Joe said, pretty much apocalypse in the financial world, literally. The last time it happened was uh, the Great Depression. So crushed me. Perfect storm event. I mean, it crushed. The tenants couldn't pay the, the rents. Um, the uh, rent assistance I had, the, the numbers started squeezing on those. Um, banks were calling loans. I couldn't get any more money. Just all kinds of stuff shrunk me down and contracted everything and eventually forced me into bankruptcy. Okay. Um, crazy experience. Never. I was always the hotshot entrepreneur with all the money, the successful guy, the young guy doing it all. So that was such a devastating blow to me, not just financially, but mentally and emotionally. Um, when you have all that money and you get, get it taken away, it's a lot more painful than not having it ever at all. Believe me, it was, it was a complete nightmare. My personal life, my financial life, my business life, my family life, my emotional life, my mental life. It was just, I was bankrupt in all those areas. I mean, I'm talking like depressed. It's, it's, it's just, I was in a bad place, you know? Um, so, you know, and I, and I've been in personal development since I was a teen. I've been listening to Tony Robbins since I was a teenager. You know, I know all the quote unquote steps you're supposed to take when you're faced with adversity, but no one, you, you never can be fully prepared for an adversity of this level. I call it a super experience bankruptcy because it takes, you know, every time as you age, you go through more things and you gain experience. The nice thing about these things, and I, I'm thankful for the bankruptcy because it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life, and it sounds nuts, but I call it a super experience because it packed maybe decades of wisdom and learning into a short period of time. And I learned so many things. My eyes opened in ways it never would have if I kept rising. Um, and now I, I immediately, right after that, got on the horse, exhausted my resources, started immediately doing deals again very creatively. It forces you to get extra creative when you don't have any money or credit at your disposal. Um, started flipping, wholesaling, and you know now I'm you know, home free again, um, finan- totally financially independent from real estate, all with single families, um, changed some things, adopted some new stuff. Um, you know, I'm a lot more careful with how I do things, and now I get to show people how to do it because that story is an excuse crusher. I started once from zero when I was in my late teens, early 20s, and I came up again 
from from not only from scratch but from a deficit from chapter 7 bankruptcy so whoever's listening that may be doubting that you can do this business i am personal proof like there's no hurdle too big to overcome now i teach people how to do this as well so it's a beautiful a beautiful road and uh, i'm thankful for the bad more than the good because i've learned a lot more from the bankruptcy than i did from any successes i've ever had in my life so that's kind of summed up in a nutshell you know people want to connect with me down, down the line they can find out more but that's the summed up story joe I am obsessed with Tony Robbins as well, and yeah. personal development, Zig Ziglar, Les Brown, yep, um, all those, all those guys. Uh, and I know that you were listening to Tony on on repeat during that time, and I can't imagine because I haven't gone through uh, a bankruptcy event. I can't imagine what that was like and the te- how testing it was, but I wholeheartedly believe you uh, in your sincerity and that it was one of the best experiences you've come across because as you mentioned it packed decades of wisdom into a short period of time I think the number one question I have on that story is what are the specific things that you're doing now building your business that you didn't do before yeah good question Um, I took my rental properties to another extreme. I borrowed a lot, leveraged a lot. I, I had the ability to borrow anything I wanted. I had my net worth and my income so I could walk in any bank and they'd play ball with me any way I wanted them to. Um, and that was a blessing, obviously, at the time, curse looking back, right? Because I could have access to as much capital as I wanted and that over leveraged me. So I kind of swung the pendulum the other way to the point where I don't have mortgages. When I pick up rental properties, they are free and clear. Okay, or super short, like three or five year amortizations, which make things extremely safe. They weather any economic storm. When you have free and clear single families, the property values could collapse to zero temporarily. You're making money every month, right? The interest rates could skyrocket to 18%. You're making money every month, right? Um, and that's only one facet. I call it a triad of investing. I, I wholesale properties, I rehab and sell properties, and then I use those profits to pay cash for single families. And that's that's pretty much the, my triad of real estate, single family, entrepreneurship um, that I didn't have a focus on prior because, again, the money was so free at the bank. It was just boom, 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 walk in, shake the president's hand. Nick, here's your money. Here's my checkbook. Take it wherever you need to go, which, again, was a blessing and a curse. So now I have a very specific strategy. All single families, three methods to to um, involve myself with them, and mortgage free on the rentals. I'm safe. I am economic uh, recession proof. Three and four year amortizations. If you don't pay for cash, where are you getting that type of financing? Local banks, or a lot of times I'll uh, land. Con- like I, here's an example. I, I do a lot of seller, sometimes seller financing. Um, I did a deal where. It got a little creative. I wanted to pay the guy $15,000 for this single family. He, is, he stood firm on 20000 20, Stood firm. I mean, as much as I didn't want to give the guy twenty, he just, you know, it was what it was. So I said, okay, I'll give you $8,000 down, and then I'm going to pay you one payment of $4,000 for the next three years, once a year. Okay? Um, that's one method, but mostly seller financing. And again, I haven't done a lot of them because I mainly focus on free and clear, but local banks will easily do that for you if you have enough down payment. So Nick, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Single family homes, period. They're, they're, um, you need to focus on single families and you need to flip them, rehab and sell them. You need to wholesale them and you need to pay cash for them as rentals and you are set up 
immediately for nice income currently and for the long-term wealth-wise. You, you win both ways, single-family real estate. You're going to ask me why, right? I am because <laughs> I started out in single-family and then I went to multifamily. So I've got, some, I've got a perspective on it too, and I, I'm looking forward to talking to you about that. So first, tell us why. Okay, single families. And I've dabbled in larger size buildings as well, mixed use, uh, commercial, all that. Um, single families. So where do we start? What, let's start with the rental part of my triad. The rental, uh, there's no common areas. You don't have to worry about keeping up common areas, vacuuming hallways, changing, you know, paying for utilities in common areas, um, plowing, you know, driveways, um, Plowing parking lots, paying for, for things, paying for uh, waste management, things like that. Tenants don't fight. You have to pay certain utilities. Okay, when you, when you rent a single-family home, they pay all utilities. Um, they never move. I have zero turnover with single families now and back when I had them years ago too. Nobody moves. They stay there forever. You have the upper hand. See, when I do business, I want to make sure I have the upper hand in a tenant-landlord relationship. And when I have a single family, that's the gold everybody wants to live in. They all want single families. So I'm in the driver's seat. I be ex- I'm extremely picky with my tenants, and they're scared to call me and bother me because they know there's a line around the block for people that are going to take their place. So they never move out. Um, they're super liquid. You know, 10, 20-unit buildings, yeah, you can sell them. But it might take a year or two, and you got to find the right guy, and he's going to be some savvy, sharky investor that's going to, you know, make sure to get his po- best possible price. I can sell these to my tenants. I sell them to owner occupants. Every they're so liquid, you can pedal them whenever you want if you're short on cash. I mean, the list goes on. But I'm obsessed with single families. You can you have options with them. I can wholesale them, and you can do this with bigger stuff too. But it's the easiest. You can quickly wholesale them. You can to other investors. You can re- decide to rehab it and sell it. And uh, or you can say, screw it, I'll keep it. You know, you have so much just there's just such a wide array of things you can do. The liquidity is key. Um, No tenant issues. So across the board, I'm obsessed with them. That's all I touch. And how do you scale that? Because I I know I personally got to four single family homes. You've clearly gotten to many more than that during your heyday prior to 2008. And you said you were collecting, you know, 70,000 a month and rental revenue. And yep. Uh, I got to four single-family homes. I was like, what the heck's going on? I'm getting way too much mail in my mailbox. I am just – it's driving me bonkers trying to keep track of all the different stuff. And I see – and this is what I was looking at. I see a better way to scale my business by buying more quote-unquote homes at once and having economies of scale – with a larger apartment community. So help me understand what's a good way for people to scale a single-family home business because if they are buying the homes, uh, then it's going to take a lot of homes to reach lofty financial goals from a monthly passive income standpoint. And by a lot, I know that's relative depending on how you define a lot, but let's just say 10 Ten to twenty thousand dollars a month passive income. Yeah, no, sca- scaling's easy. Buy more of them. And the other thing too, I want to mention is you're more likely to find find a very deeply discounted single family, you know, than larger stuff. With my experience, I mean, these are just mom and pop homeowners who maybe inherited the property. They're going through a divorce. Who want to spit this thing out for peanuts a lot of the time? Okay, so there's a lot more, you know, from from my personal experience, I've gained a, a lot more instant equity. And again, banks banks lend on them. I mean, 
it's just buy more of them. I mean, I use QuickBooks for my uh, property management, which makes things a breeze. But my single families run more on autopilot than any larger unit or complex ever, ever did. I mean, it's extreme autopilot. And again, people never move. I don't show units. I never show units. I don't walk around showing new people new units and giving back security deposits. It's all autopilot, permanent autopilot. It's, it's an unbelievable uh, system. So you just buy more. Once you have one on autopilot, you can scale up immediately and you don't even have to, you almost don't have to think about these properties if you run your regime right. You can't be a slumlord. You can't be a hack. You have to do things the right way and manage things the right way. But once you have your system in place, you know, you just keep moving forward and buying more. It's, a, it's very scalable, very scalable, actually. Let's let's get very specific on the scaling thing because you mentioned one tactic, but I'd love if if you have other tactics as well to share those because from a scaling standpoint, yes, you buy more, but when you buy more, you have more stuff to oversee from a tax standpoint, from insurance, from um, you know if you're hiring out a property management company, then that's easier. Um, if you're doing management yourself, then that's a little more difficult. So you use QuickBooks uh, as one thing to automate the process. What are some other ways that you scale your business um, whenever you're buying more and more homes that automates the process? Well, first of all, I never hire outside management companies. I don't personally believe in it. And again, I'm not knocking it. A lot of people can do it. No one takes care of your properties like you do. So anytime I'm either personally managing or I have in-house people or personnel that I train to help me with management. Um, I've never, ever touched a third-party management company. Um, the people that I know who have have all called it a nightmare. Um, but again, it may work for some people. But So that's, that's step one. I, when I personally am involved, setting these things up on autopilot is, is it just a breeze because I, have, you know, I know it really well and I've been doing it so long now and I have the experience of, of getting it done. So again, scaling to me, is 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 so simple because you get in you do everything correctly you know you fix it the right way you bring in the tenant the right way um you're done so you, you're just wide open the whole market is is fresh for you again because you have something nice under your belt that's going to pay you every month that you don't have to oversee so insurance you know you pay 500 to five to seven hundred bucks a year you know yes you you write a few more checks on a monthly basis but um i don't think that limits scalability you know um that that's the way I look at it. I, I I guess I haven't seen scaling as a problem at all. I see it, it you know as a complete opportunity because um, you know writing a few more checks every month and uh, again if you set up a single family the right way, um, it's extremely extremely uh, it's an, it's an autopilot scenario. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, sir. Best ever book you've read? Mastery, Robert Greene. And I might have more, but that's I I, I just chose one. <laughs> I uh, I read his book. Um, Forty eight oh, laws. The, yeah, what what'd you just say? Forty eight laws of power. Oh my god! Yeah, one of the he's most, phenomenal. One of the most influential books I've ever read in my entire life. That's top uh, for me too. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. If if any listener, if you haven't read the Forty Eight Laws of Power, um, just a fantastic book. It talks about from a historical standpoint. Um, how to create power and how people in the past have followed these laws that the author has identified to create power and have uh, gone against the laws and the results of them uh, you know, going against the laws. And I imagine 
any book of his because I also I've, <laughs> I've also started reading um, uh, The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene, the same author. Yeah. And uh, that, that's interesting, a little, little bit more fluffy um, than The 48 Laws of Power. So I'll check out Mastery too. And check, I have, read, have, read all his books. I mean he's like one of my favorite authors, and I would say he has got a personal development um, style but a completely different approach to it, and you know what I'm saying. He infiltrates history, and his writing style is very unique. There's not a lot of people that write like him, and he hits home in a very direct way with his writing. So yes, he's an amazing author. Yes, he does. He, he jars you with how candid and how bold he is yeah. with what he, what he says. Love that. Yeah. Yep. That best ever personal growth experience and what you've learned from it. We might have already talked about it. We sure did. Bankruptcy. Chapter 7, Bankruptcy. Absolutely the best experience in my life um, because, again, it, it, it basically brought me years and years of wisdom and things I never would have learned. Um, and it packed them all into a short period of time, and I'm extremely thankful for it. As crazy as it sounds, it had to happen, and I'm a much better person and entrepreneur because of that experience, hands down. Best ever success habit you practice? I am obsessive about um, when I meet new people, making sure they feel really good um, and just really get them to smile. You know, that's really to me that 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 pays me back in volumes. It's just when I meet someone new, I really try to learn a little bit about them because everyone has something to offer, and I make sure I find out their unique proposition within themselves because it makes them feel good, and I get to learn something. So I'm pretty obsessive about that. Best ever deal you've done? Yes. When I first was in the business, I, a guy was asking $59,000 for a property. He needed a lot of work. And, and I'm going to give you a beautiful, no, probably one of the best no money down um, deals I've ever heard of, not just in my life, but period. He was asking $59,000 for a property. Older guy, need a lot of work. It's been vacant for years. I said, I'll give you 62000 But I said, I want a land contract with no money down and no payments for one year at 0% interest when they do start a year from now, which doesn't that sound outrageous? I mean, right? Well, yeah. So, uh, so uh, I depends actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the bottom line is he took it, he took that offer. So I walked into a property with nothing down, no payments for one year and uh 0% interest when the payments do start. So I get in there, I go to a bank and open up a $35,000 line of credit uh, against the property. Okay, and back in these days, uh, early 2000s, like 2001 or 2002, that was easier to do than it is now. But uh, I opened up a line of credit, nothing out of my pocket, rehabbed the entire property with that line of credit, and then sold it for one, I think it was 129 or something like that, um, before the year was up. So I pulled, I, I bought it, opened my checkbook zero to buy it or rehab it, and sold it um, for a nice profit. Um, before I made a single payment on the property. I mean, have I made bigger profit deals and all that? Yeah. But this is as far as the most unique, I would say, kind of quote unquote best ever, like you're talking about. That was probably my favorite style deal I've ever done. Best ever quote. When the winds change, adjust your sails. You can still get to your destination, you know, but um, you have to adjust your sails to get there. You can't control the winds, but you can control your sails. And I didn't realize that. I mean, I knew it was a great quote, but I personally lived through these, uh, this type of quote uh, multiple times, so it really hits home for me. Jim Rohn. Yeah, exactly. He's That's who it is. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Yep. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? 
looking back, yes, it was a mistake. I was way over leveraged. I borrowed way more than I should have. Um, it, it paved the road for where I am now. So I'm not going to look back and say I regret it. But, you know, for those listening, over leveraging yourself in any economic environment, I don't care if property values are continuing to skyrocket, bubble, all bubbles burst. So you don't want to get caught on the tail end of that bubble. Yes, you could get lucky, leverage, 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 and the markets uh, skyrocket to cover that. But again, that bubble did burst because I got away with it for a long time. But when things collapsed, um, I was caught. Uh, Warren Buffett said something to the effect of, um, you always know who's been swimming naked when the tides come in, you know, which kind of kind of relates to, to what we're talking about here. You know, so when it, in a hot market, you can throw darts at a board. Anybody can make money, but be savvy and you can weather any storm. That's the key. What's the best ever place to reach you, Nick? Go to alphahomeflipping.com. Check me out there. Um, I blog about my journey and strategies. I do have a book called Flip that is on Amazon here currently now. Um, it goes over my story in detail, teaches people how to do their first single family uh, deal with little to no money, step-by-step hand-holding style. Um, that is available on Amazon. So those are the two best places to really get me through my book, Flip, or um, or um, on alphahomeflipping.com. Come check me out. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for sharing your story and your advice and what you've learned from the experience. And as, as you said, I mean, it, it really does uh, pack decades of wisdom into a short period of time. And I personally am very grateful that you uh, were able to join us today uh, and share these decades of wisdom uh, that you learned in a short amount of time because you have been through uh, a lifetime of stuff uh, from a professional standpoint and it's uh, you know it's it's impressive for how you psychologically pulled through and um, excelled uh, at this point and I'm I'm very grateful that you joined us and I appreciate the time. I appreciate your time, Joe, and I really appreciate you having me on to share this with the best ever, uh, best ever listeners. All right. Thank you, sir. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe. 